0: Good morning everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church today. Uh, Welcome to those who are joining online as well. Um, Great that you're all with us. Um, Just give us a little shout on uh, Facebook or YouTube or whatever, leave a comment uh, just so that we know that you're there. Uh, But it's great to be together, great to be here to worship God together um, and just, you know, we need to remember to observe the guidelines, all the hand cleansing, social distancing, I like to call it physical distancing, uh, face coverings, and all these types of things that we need to do when we're here. And it uh, can also remind people to book in, uh, that we need to know as well in advance as possible who's all going to be here. Thanks to Brendan, who's doing duty officer today and getting all the chairs organized. Thanks to all the guys who are helping the tech, The media, uh, the uh, musicians—it's just great uh, that everybody's helping out and and making church possible. I don't know about you, I'm I'm glad to be here. Are you glad to be here? I'm I'm glad to be here. I hope you're glad to be with us online as well. You know, I I was kind of thinking we don't uh, sing to worship, but we worship—we we we sing because we worship. We're worshippers. Singing's just one expression of worship, and it's it's a big part of what we do in the church, and it's a miss. Uh, not been able to do that. Um, But we're here to worship God uh, in in as many different ways as possible. And, uh, you know, because there's there's something powerful about when we sing together, about when we worship together. God does things in our praise. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And, you know, I was just uh, finishing off my sermon prep uh, just yesterday, and I had music on in the background. uh, And Sarah's going to do one of the songs from Uh, from the album that I was listening to, just an album of worship songs, I just found myself getting lost in what I was doing and and wandering away from it. It Just my my hands were up and I was worshiping God and sitting in my seat. Um, Just just there, there's something powerful about praising God. And, uh, you know, I I recognize we can't raise our voices uh, at the moment, but that'll pass. Let's pray that it does quickly. Um, And uh, let's really uh, endeavor to to experience God's presence in, in this place today and online when you're with us as well. Um, it's so important. We're going to pray. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. It allows us to raise our voices in prayer. It's, a, it's, an, it's an act of worship as well because we're recognizing how good God is. Um, but we're going to pray. We pray for a few people uh, in the church as well. Uh, Lord's Prayer, and then Sarah's going to lead us in a song. Uh, just that I felt kind of led to to sing today, uh, and it it ties in with the message today, Uh, the song, uh, we've sung it in church before, No Longer Slaves, fantastic, amazing words, Um, and Sarah's going to minister that song in a a minute. So let's just bow our heads and and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that we can be gathered as church today. Father, we thank you for the technology that allows us to gather online as well, and just be part of what you're doing in this church. And Father, we, we, we have come today to worship you. Our very being in church today, whether it's in person or online, is an act of worship. Father, it's, it's us saying to you that we value who you are, that we recognize your worth. And that, that's why we're here. That's why we're together as, as your people. And Father, we, we just welcome everyone today. And we, we just want to be in your presence. We want to experience your presence today. And Father, we pray that nothing would get in the way of that, whether it's uh, distance, technology, whatever it is. Lord, we want to experience your presence as we gather today. And so Lord, help us. Help us to focus in on who you are. And, and, and Father, as we come to pray, we, we just recognize that there are those who can't be with us today who would want to be. Father, we think of Heather And uh, Lord, we just pray that your hand would be upon her. Lord, she needs uh, a a touch in her body from you. And Lord, we ask that you would heal her. Father, that you bring wholeness into her body. And we ask that you would keep her uh, safe and protected. Lord, for the staff that are looking after her uh, in the hospital, Father, we pray that you would keep them safe. And uh, Lord, we just pray that your hand would be all over that situation. And Lord, we pray for Caroline, who's uh, needing a touch in her body, Father, after this fall. Lord, we pray that you bring healing into her body. Father, we pray uh, that the pain which she is experiencing would subside. And Lord, that she would know your peace in her body. And Father, we think of Margaret and uh, Lord, the, the grief that, that she's experiencing just now. Father, uh, for Ronnie's family and, uh, and friends. And uh, Lord, we, we just pray uh, that you would bring comfort to, to those who grieve. Lord, there are others who are grieving uh, in the church still. And and Father, we just pray that you would strengthen each one. Father, we we, we just want to be aware of your presence, strengthening us in in the very core of our being. So, Lord, we bring these things to you. And Father, everyone who is in need today, Lord, there is people in this room today who are in need. Father, there are those who are gathering with us online today who are in need. And Father, we pray that you come and that you would make yourself present and known in those situations, in those needs and so, Father, we bring our prayers and our requests before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray, guide us in our, our time together today. Lord, lead us. Lord, we pray that our ears would be open to hear what you want to say. Um, Father, that our voices would be open to, to praise you uh, in, 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 in so many different ways. And, Lord, as we pray together, uh, the words that Jesus instructed the disciples to pray as he as he taught them how to pray. And, Father, as, as we say these words, Lord, these are our prayer these words are our prayer to you today. Lord, they're our heartfelt prayer to you. And Lord, we pray that you would hear our prayer today and that you would answer our prayer. And so let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. I don't know about you, when I pray that prayer, I, I make it personal. I, I pray that prayer and personalize it so so that I'm asking God to, to come into me. May your kingdom come in my life and my family and, and the things that I'm doing. And, and just let's, let's use that prayer and personalize it every single day and let's look for the answer to that prayer. Sarah's going to lead us in the song. Um, you know, Feel free to raise your hands in worship and worship and do the things that you would normally do um, as we sing this song. Father, we just thank you that we no longer need to be slave to anything. Father, all the things which would bind us, all the things which would get us tied up in knots as people. Father, you have come to set us free. You have come to give us life and life in all its fullness. And Father, we pray that we would realize that in our lives. And Lord, we pray that you'd move in our lives. Father, we we pray that we would have, maybe for some of us today, a fresh Understanding a fresh revelation that we are your children. And Father, maybe there are some today who are joining in in this service, maybe uh, present today or, or online, and, and Father, we've forgotten what it means to be a child of God. And Lord, we pray, give us a fresh understanding of what it means to be your child. Father, where our identity has uh, been stolen, Father, may we renew that understanding of who we are in christ father that we are children of god father that we are brothers of christ and lord we pray that you'd open up our minds to understand these things father maybe there are some who are joining a service today who've never made a decision to follow you and father maybe maybe today would be the day where they invite you into their hearts where they ask to become your child part of your family and uh, Lord, we just pray that your spirit would move upon us to realize these things as true in our lives. You know, we're going to take uh, communion together. And uh, if you're joining us online, uh, hopefully you've got some things to hand where you can uh, take communion as well. And uh, last, last week, we, we read some verses from uh, Genesis where Jacob was blessing his children. And, and he realizes in his son Judah that that's where jesus would come from and also way way back in the old testament and you know there's an argument that says that job is probably one of the oldest books of the bible and uh, job if you've been familiar with that story job has went through a horrendous time all sorts of things have happened in family life um and it's just a, a terrible time for him and he His friends come along. They actually sit with him for seven days. They sit in the dust with him for seven days without saying a word, before they begin to have the conversation that's recorded in this book. And you know, we've probably all heard the term "job's comforter," you know, somebody who who's there to give you comfort, but they're not being very comforting but in all the turn the and thrown in the conversation, Job comes away with something that for me was just mind-blowing. When you think about how old these words are, and he says this, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end, he will stand on the earth. I know my Redeemer, Jesus, lives, and in the end, after everything's said and done, and the season that we're in just now is a long distant memory, he will stand on the earth. And it says, Job says this, after my skin has been destroyed, remember, he has, he's in a mess physically, he's covered, his skin's covered and just this horrendous infection. And he says, even after my skin's been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. And then he says, how my heart yearns within me. Job sees something that's going to happen in the future. He sees the resurrection. We we have the ability to stand back and look back in history and look back at the resurrection of Christ. We can look back and we can see that this just incredible fact of history the resurrection jesus rose again and, and this is what job's saying i know that my redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth he's coming back again for his church we need to be ready for him coming back and one of the ways that we make ourselves ready is by taking communion together And by examining our hearts and saying, Lord, if there's anything within me that is offensive to you, then I ask that you forgive me. If I'm at odds with a brother or sister, then I ask that you come and that you forgive me. And that we do that. And in the process, we make ourselves ready for when Jesus comes to meet with us. He's here to meet with us today, but he's coming back again for his church. We need to be ready. We need to be watching. And so let's just prepare ourselves uh, to take bread and to take wine. You know, in the church, we we recognize that these are are symbols. The, The bread reminds us of the body of Jesus, which was broken. The wine reminds us of the blood of Jesus, which was shed for us. And so as we take these symbols, let's remember his sacrifice for us that allowed us to experience the freedom, that allowed us to be able to say, I am a child of God. I am. You are a child of God. Think about that. Think about this amazing truth that we've been singing about. And then in the, start, in the, the, the first verse of that song, I love this, you unravel me with a melody. There's something in fact, it's just something about that. There's something about the gift of music, the gift of song, the gift of praise that unravels us on the inside. It's a powerful thing, Music. And I just feel impressed to say this at this point in time in the service. The Lord rejoices over you with singing. The Lord rejoices over you. There's music in his voice as he sings over you, his child. And so let's just let's just come into his presence and, and know his presence. Let's hear his voice singing over us in these moments as we take, as we take bread and wine. And Father, we just pray. We pray that we would be renewed in our inner being as we take bread, as we take wine, as we remember that our Redeemer lives. And Father, we pray that you would just shine a spotlight on the things which we need to confess. Lord, we want to be ready. We want to be prepared. We want to be in the right place today and for that moment when you come back to gather your church. Lord, we want to be ready. We want to be watching. We want to be in the right place. Lord, may our relationships with each other be sweet. May our relationship with you be sweet, we ask in Jesus' name. Let's just take the the bread together as it reminds us of the body of Christ. And Father, we thank you for the wine which reminds us of Jesus' blood which was shed for us. Father, we can't begin to comprehend what that means. But Father, we thank you that by his stripes we are healed. Father, by the shedding of his blood we are made clean, we are made whole, we are made pure. And so, Father, as we take this wine, we do it in remembrance of you. We do it to remember the blood of Jesus which was shed for us. We thank you that he is our friend. We thank you that he is our savior. We thank you that he is our mediator. We thank you that he is our redeemer. We thank you that he is our captain, that he is the head of the church. Father, we thank you that he is alive and that he is here today, not just in this building, but Father, in every place where people are gathered today to worship you, he is here. And Father, we thank you for the reality of the the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Lord, we don't know what we would do without you. And we are so thankful and we're so grateful that you came into our lives. And Father, that you came that we might have life and all its fullness. Lord, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Let's just take the wine together. Father, we are so grateful for all that you do for us day by day, moment by moment. And Father, we are just so grateful that we can come and that we can remember. But Father, we're not just remembering something that happened in the past. We're remembering a truth that's part of our lives, that you live and that one day we will see you face to face. So Father, we're not just remembering a past event, we're remembering all that you are, all that you mean to us, and we're remembering our brothers and sisters in Christ as well. And Lord, we recognize that we have brothers and sisters in this world who suffer persecution for the sake of knowing you, loving you, wanting to serve you. And Father, we just pray that you would strengthen them. Father, that you would equip them with the resources that they need. And Father, we thank you for organizations like Open Doors who work with those who are persecuted in our world. Father, your your word says blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Lord, we call them blessed. But Lord, we ask that you would strengthen them. Lord, we ask for those who grieve and mourn that you will comfort them. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us to recognize that we are part of the body of Christ globally. Father, we might just be a small band of people in Whitburn, but we're not the only small band of people in Whitburn even. We might be a small band of people in this county of West Lothian, but Father, we're part of something far bigger. And so Lord, help us to remember that we're part of something bigger. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honour. We thank you. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And Lord, we just pray that as we turn to your word in a moment or two, Lord, that you would open it up to our minds, Lord, that you would open it up to our understanding, and Lord, that you would come and that you would speak to us. May we hear the voice of the Spirit today as we just pause and as we think again on this subject of demolishing strongholds. Lord, may our spiritual eyes and ears be open to hear what you would say to us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for playing, ministering so well. I'm just loving the the sound that's coming from that piano today, Sarah. Well done. Um, you, you will have one of these on your seat. Um, if you if you don't have one, we can get one to you. If you're online joining us and you want one of these, we'll happily send them out to you. 90 days of faith, hope, and courage. Uh, it's a, a, a 90 days uh, devotional, uh, which hopefully can help you on your journey. Um, we're just happy to get them out to people that that need them. Um, Also, just let me say thank you again to those who are active online. Uh, Keep liking, loving, sharing, hosting, watch parties, doing all the things that you're doing, uh, and just getting the message out there. Um, uh, Yeah, we have a lot of competition going in church for for the first person, the seventh person, and the 14th person to book in, and the first person today was Malon. So there's a bar of chocolate at the back of you. The, The seventh person was Keva. So there's a bar of chocolate, but I think you need to take three bars of chocolate. Okay, Josh will sort that out for you because there's three of you guys. And uh, the fourteenth was Robert. So so you guys need to take at least two bars of chocolate. Um, so uh, yeah, it's just it's great to be here. I, I love being here with with you guys. I love seeing the faces. I wish I could be seeing the faces online as well, but there you are. That's where we are. Um, I sent an email out just this uh, week about information about Ronnie's funeral, which is tomorrow. Uh, For those who want to join in online, uh, there's a link for that, which I've emailed out, and uh, you'll be able to be part of that. Um, And just keep praying for uh, Ronnie's family and uh, for Margaret as well. Uh, Lord, we we just ask uh, that your hand would be upon them. Uh, Lord, that you would just comfort and strengthen those who who are grieving, those who are mourning at this point in time. And Lord, we pray that you'd lead us and direct us tomorrow as we gather to remember our friend and our brother who's been part of this church for so many years. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for all that he's brought to our lives. Uh, And Father, we pray, lead us in our meditations as we uh, get into the word today. Lead us, we pray in Jesus' name. We're going to continue thinking about this subject of demolishing strongholds. We're into part two. And uh, I hope you'll forgive me for repeating myself a little bit about the start, but we retain what we repeat. Did you know that? Let me say it again, we retain what we repeat. (laughs) That was a joke, yeah. Thank you for those who are laughing. And uh, the the reality is if we're going to experience the breakthroughs that we want as Christians or as churches, then we need to realize the importance of demolishing strongholds. Our positive mental health, our positive mental health depends on it. And so often our physical health flows out of our mental health. So even, even our physical health can depend on, on what's happening with our, our mental health. And so it's important that we think about this area of strongholds. The kingdom of God depends on this as well. The church depends on it. The health of a church Depends on what strongholds we are prepared to allow in the church. The things that we are prepared to put up with in church will determine whether or not we break through or whether we stay in the same place. Last week, we defined strongholds as wrong thought patterns and ideas which Satan and his demons influence and behind which they hide. That can govern or dominate individuals, communities, nations, and even churches. Strongholds are things which establish in our lives and they stop us from being all that God wants us to be. They stop us from being the Christians that God wants us to be. And one of the key principles that we focused on last week was that of guarding our hearts. I spent a long time talking about guarding our hearts because it's the wellspring of life. It's our well. It's the source of our life. It's the source of who we are as people. And here's the thing. If the well of our life gets poisoned, that will only upset us. But it may actually affect other people as well, the people who are around us. If the well gets poisoned, it can kill our spiritual life, and it can affect not only our friends and family, but it can affect the church. This is what the verse said that we read last week in Proverbs. It says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. We need to look after our heart and we talked about how that's this mix of uh, soul and spirit all that we are just to repeat myself again because we remember what we repeat don't we we retain what we repeat we thought last week about what that looks like in practice and i'm going to run over those things again it can look like the bully at work who keeps telling us that we're a loser or a person who's forever pointing out our flaws weaknesses and mistakes you don't know anybody like that do you It can look like a significant person in our lives, uh, maybe an authority figure who keeps putting us down, uh, telling us we're no good, a failure, useless, all these types of things. It can look like being jealous of what other people have. It can look like infatuation with someone who's not our spouse. It can look like not getting the recognition that we feel we deserve. We've worked hard. We should get some recognition here. And when we don't get that recognition, something happens inside and we go... a stronghold building up in here. There's a resistance building up in here. There's a defense building up in here. And it can lead to resentment. And it can simply look like one thing after another, after another, after another. A continual barrage of stuff in our lives that wears us down and weakens our resistance. That's what it can look like. (laughs) And we thought about our makeup, how we're made of a, a body, but we also have an eternal dimension. We are not just a body, we're body, soul, and spirit. And today, I want to focus just for a little while on this part of us called the soul. Have you ever had that moment where you said, I know it's not true, but that's not how I feel? Has anybody ever had that moment? Tell us online if you've had that moment as well. Okay, I'm going to stick my hand up because I've been in that place in my life where I go, I know it's not true, but that's how I feel. It's this mixture of mind and the rational part of our thinking that goes, I know it's not true, but something inside our emotions take over and we feel things and we feel all sorts of things. And I'm going to talk a bit more about that next week, our our emotions and our feelings and how they affect us but sometimes our feelings are at odds with that rational part of our thinking. And I came across something just this week on social media. One of the people that I follow is Nicky Gumbel, and this week on one of his things, he said, Christian love is not the victim of your emotions, but the servant of your will. Let me repeat that because we retain what we repeat Christian love is not the victim of your emotions, but the servant of your will. I found that so powerful because sometimes our love can be influenced by what we feel rather than what we actually think and know to be true about other people. He went on to say this, and I don't know where he got his stats from. Maybe if Nicky Gumbel ever watches this message, you can tell us where you got these stats from. He says, "Love is 10% emotion." 20% understanding and 70% will. It makes me think about that song that Don Francisco used to sing. For those who are old enough to remember Don Francisco, love is not a feeling, it's an act of your will. It's a choice that we make. And it comes from the very core of our being. It comes from this part of us called our soul, the way that we love other people. The soul as I was taught when I was young, is the seat of the will. That's where our choices are made. It's where we think, and it's where our choices are made. But our our soul can be influenced by our feelings as well. And as a friend uh, in AOG said, Alan Hewitt, he said, the mind is the brush that paints the whole house. The mind is the brush that paints the whole house. Even when it's a little two-inch brush for somebody who's been painting their house (laughs) lately— The mind is the brush that paints the whole house. I tend to use a roller with with a big arm on it because it's a lot quicker, Uh, just if you want some tips on how to paint. Not that I'm offering to do it, by the way. (laughs) But the mind is the brush that paints the whole house. Who we are, the Bible says the way we think is the way we are, Proverbs 23, 7. And, you know, let me just recognize just now that there's, there's a power of our context over us. We've been thinking about that recently in the life of the church. There are circumstances which we experience that either we can't control or we have very little control over. I think about things like illness. Some people have physical illnesses that they are not able to control other than maybe taking medication uh, to maybe help with that. There are people who are Going through the challenges of ageing, let me say, there's, there's not a lot you can do about that. You know, Bet, you keep saying to me you're not going to like getting older. I'm like, oh, thanks, Bet. <laughs> Cheer me up, why don't you? But but there are things which are out with our control, or we have very little control over. Sometimes it's poverty. Sometimes it's lack of work. Sometimes it's our kids that have gone off the rails. All sorts of things. Sometimes it can be a relationship that that we can't do anything about. And sometimes for some people in some parts of the world, Christians, it's persecution where they're rejected by their families and expelled from their community. This is the reality that some people are facing. And there are things which are outside of our control sometimes, but there are things which we can control. And sometimes the only thing that we have left that we can control is our own attitude and our approach of what surrounds us, the circumstances that we find ourselves in, we can still choose our own attitude about how we approach that. And that's how we stop strongholds from being established in our lives. And it's also how we demolish strongholds in our lives. Let me just flick through a few points, and I'm going to put up some scripture verses on the screen that will help us to think about how we demolish strongholds. The first thing is this, that what we regard to be true can become a rule for living. What we regard to to be true, what we believe, whether that's about ourselves, about other people, about the church, about society, the things that we regard to be true will eventually become our rule for living. It will influence the way that we do things. It's what we believe to be true. And let me say this, when we think about demolishing strongholds, let me remind us that the devil is a liar. He is the father of lies. And sometimes he whispers lies into our minds, into our souls, and we begin to believe the lie, and we regard the lie to be true, and the lie then affects the way that we live our lives, it becomes a rule for living. That lie could be about your relationship with somebody else, and maybe something's been whispered into your soul, and you go, actually, that's not true. It's not how I feel, but I know that it's not true. And what we regard to be true can become that rule for living. We could be limiting the work of God because we don't think correctly. We don't think the right things. And because we don't think right, we limit the work of God in our lives and in the church that we're part of. You see, what we regard to be true about ourselves, about God, about the world in which we live, about people, will affect our actions. David, the psalmist, David was a king david was a a mighty warrior he was a mighty man of god he was also a musician he was able to write all these psalms all these wonderful songs he was a worshiper he was all these things and if you and i were looking at david we would go this guy's got it all together this guy is fantastic but yet this is what he says in psalm 13 verse 2 how long must i wrestle with my thoughts And day after day have sorrow in my heart. Thoughts and feelings. He's wrestling with his thoughts and he has this feeling of sorrow in his heart. The reality is for each of us, we can wrestle with wrong thoughts, wrong concepts about ourselves, ideas that have been sown into our lives and we can allow past failures and our perceived weaknesses to define us. Can I just say again, don't let your past define your future in God. Your past, whatever the mess and the baggage in your past, does not define your future in God. God defines your future in God when you give your life to Him, when you surrender to Him, when you surrender your attitude to Him, when you surrender your will to Him. Your past, or as it says in the CSI program, your DNA does not determine your destiny. We loved that. When we watched that program, we heard that Your past does not determine your future in God, and any stronghold that you have in in your life, He can set you free from that. What we regard to be true can become our rule for living. But let's read on to what David says in the Psalms. This is what he says further on, even in that Psalm, he says, "But I trust." in your unfailing love. That's an act of will. That's an act of the the, the mind, the the conscious mind. I trust. I choose to trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Is your heart rejoicing in the salvation that God has given you today, despite the circumstances that you're experiencing? And he goes on to say, I will sing to the Lord, for He has been good. Okay, we'll need to do that. But at home or in the car or wherever we are, I'm looking forward to the day where we uh, need to repaint the roof <laughs> because we've knocked it off. We are singing in our praise, but it's a, it's a key principle that what we regard to be true can become a rule for living, and this is what we need to do about it. It says in Second Corinthians, uh, sorry, chapter 10, verse 5, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I remember the time when I read that for the first time, and began to work. wonder, how do I apply that to my life? We take every thought captive. Think about that. Sometimes our thoughts can be all over the place. We can be thinking all sorts of random things, especially when our, our emotions and our feelings get stirred up, and uh, it can influence our thinking, and we start to be in that place where we might know something to be true, but we're not living in the reality of it because our, our thoughts and feelings are, are, are getting mixed up. But but Jesus is saying, take captive every thought and make it obedient. Make it obedient to Him. All the, the random things that we think about, all the things that we think about in relation to other people, all the temptation-type thoughts that come into our head, whether it's about ourselves or other people, all those temptation thoughts which come into our head, we need to take them captive and make them subject to Christ. We bring them before Him in prayer, and we say, Lord, I don't know where this thought's coming from. I don't think this is even coming from inside my own head at the moment, because why would I think such a thing? We take those thoughts captive, and we bring them before Christ. And we make them subject to Christ and to His rulership and His Lordship over our lives. And I want to say something here, it's going to come up on the screen. You are what you allow. You are what you allow into your life. You and you only are the custodian of what comes into your heart, mind, life, and what you. Uh, sorry, you are what you you will become what you are allowed to come into your mind, to come into your life, and to influence you. Every destructive thought, take it captive in prayer. And I wonder, I wonder how how have you put that into practice? It'd be good if we could stop and have a conversation about that. Uh, those who are online have the advantage; you can write a comment. Let us know what your experiences are of taking every thought captive temptations, the things which are maybe linked in with our weaknesses of who we are, the way that we're tempted, Um, taking every thought captive. The second thing, and I will need to move on uh, through this, is that what's revealed by the Holy Spirit gets, gets us rooted in God. It's what God shows us that gets us rooted into Him. And I can't overstate The necessity of reading God's Word, of getting Scripture rooted into us, of being rooted in love and being rooted in God. It's a key principle if we're going to demolish strongholds in our life. Wrong ways of thinking, wrong ideas, wrong attitudes that the devil can influence in our lives and that he can hide behind and that he can dominate us in our thinking. And that's another key principle that we read in the Bible. It's about being transformed through the renewing of our minds. The Passion Translation puts it this way, be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. If you think about the reformation in church history, 400 or so years ago, I can't remember the date exactly, You think about how that changed the church it changed things it changed people's ideas and what god is saying to us today is that there needs to be that reformation of how we think we need to be changed in the way that we think we can't go back to well that's the way i thought before i was a christian therefore that'll be okay for me no it's not okay because god calls us to a higher standard but god shows us these things he reveals these things to us And these things which he shows us and reveals help us to get rooted into God and who he is and what he has for us. It can only happen when we're rooted in the word of God. Not just the book, but the person. Jesus is the word become flesh. The word of God is not just a book, it's a person. And we need to get rooted into him. Do you love Jesus? And you want to have that relationship with him. And you want to follow him. In one of Jesus' parables, the parable of, well, you could call it the parable of the sower, the seed of the soil, depending on your perspective, uh, you take your pick. And Jesus explained to his disciples about the seed that landed on the rocky ground. And I love the way that this is worded in the Passion Translation. It says that the seed sown on gravel represents those who hear the word and receive it joyfully. But because their hearts fail to sink a deep root into the Word, they do not endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the Word, they immediately wilt and fall away. People who have made a decision to become a Christian and they receive the Word joyfully and everything's going great, but because they fail to sink a deep root into the Word of God... They don't last, because the reality is that the devil wants to come against us. He wants to form strongholds against us in our own minds and in our relationships. Unless we have that deep root into the Word of God, we don't have anything to sustain us when those times come. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 talks about it as being rooted and established in love, in God as love. Colossians two six seven 7 says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. If we're going to overcome strongholds, we need God to show us some things that will help us to get rooted in Him. It's about revelation. And all of this highlights two things to me that are really important. The necessity of listening to what God wants to say to us, and that takes time, and also the problem of busyness. No time to think. No time to take stock. No time to untangle those messed up thoughts, and all those things that drag us off in all sorts of different directions in our thinking. No time to find places where the pressure is off, where we can switch off, where we can just be in the presence of God. Can I just challenge us? And say that some of the things that we struggle with day by day, week by week, are because we don't take the time to do the simple thing that God has instructed us to do and unplug from the world for a while and get plugged into Him and His Word and prayer. We we know the song, Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. I used to sing it when I was a little kid, and it's not changed. I've said before that Christianity isn't that complicated. The things that we need to do aren't that complicated. I get that it's complicated, by the way. Just let me uh, restate that. But what we need to do is not complicated. Get into God. Get unplugged from all the stuff that's happening and get plugged into Him. And then point three, what we rehearse in our thoughts gets rooted in our reality. This is so important. What did I say earlier? We retain what we repeat. We retain what we repeat. And it's a key principle. And I believe that we reinforce strongholds in our thinking with our words, whether spoken or otherwise. The things that we say in in ourselves, we, by our words, can believe what the bully is saying to us. The things that we keep saying, thinking and saying, over and over again, that become thought patterns that lead to habits that are hard to break. Habits are a result of strongholds in our minds. Things that we go, I really wish I didn't do that. It's like when Paul said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, the things I end up doing. It's just this continual conflict between... uh, Our old nature, the Bible talks about that as the flesh, our old nature, our human way of thinking and doing things, and the new nature, the spiritual nature that He wants to develop within us, and there's this conflict sometimes within us. But what we rehearse in our thoughts gets rooted in our reality. If we keep listening to the old nature, that's what will become our reality. If we listen to the spiritual nature, that's what will become our reality, the false beliefs that we have about ourselves. I remember saying this. I, I remember back to school, and my, my exam results were always kind of the average. I wasn't the straight A student. I wasn't the kind of bottom of the pile either. I was always average. You know, I talked about tic tac toe just the other week. You know, when teams are picking, you get two team captains, and they pick somebody. And I was never first, but I was never last. And I started to think, oh, well, I'm, I'm Mr. Average. I'm just Mr. Average. Those words, those are words which I have said about myself have put a lid on who I am as a person. They've put a cap, they've put a ceiling on who I am as a person. I don't want my past to determine my future And God. God can take the lid off, and he can cause you to excel. He can cause you to excel. What we rehearse in our thoughts gets rooted in our reality. If I keep saying, I'm Mr. Average, guess what? I will become Mr. Average. If I keep saying, actually, with man, all things are possible, but with God, uh, with man, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible, and he lives in me, and I'm his son, then, hey, maybe some of the things that we're struggling with are actually possible. Let's not put a lid on ourselves by the things that we say and believe about ourselves. I think God wants to take some lids off and some hearts and minds today. Rehearse being thankful. Because being thankful may just one day save your life. I'll tell you why. You know, there's this verse in Thessalonians that says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Putting that into practice saved my life. Putting this into practice, not just on one occasion, but on more than one occasion, has saved my spiritual life. Being thankful. When it's all coming down on top of you, when your thoughts are messed up, when you're at odds with whatever's going on in your life or surrounding you, begin to rejoice in God. Begin to intentionally look for things to give thanks for. It's not how I feel I know it's not true, but it's, but it's how I feel. <laughs> begin to give thanks in those circumstances. When everything inside us is feeling messed up, we can engage our mind, we can engage our will, and we can begin to make some choices about what we do. Giving thanks, praying continually, it begins to change our perspective because what we rehearse in our thoughts gets rooted in our reality. And when we begin to be thankful, it changes our reality. We might not be able to control certain things, but we can control the way we approach it. We can control our attitude. And we can exercise our will and we begin, begin to rejoice. We can begin to pray continually and give thanks in every circumstance. The Bible goes on to say, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. We're rehearsing the good things that God is doing. Present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It will guard our hearts and stop that stronghold from being developed in our thinking. But what do we need to do? We need to take God at His Word. We need to stop being anxious. We need to begin to pray with thanksgiving giving thanks changes our perspective and in the process present it all to god and say here i am and all the messed upness and it's as we put this into practice that we experience the peace of god which goes beyond understanding we need to put the first bit into practice in order to experience the peace And that's how our hearts are guarded. It's a key principle. What we rehearse in our thoughts gets rooted in our reality. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 says this. Listen to this. Keep your thoughts continually fixed. It's what we're rehearsing. On all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectable, pure and holy— merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. What fantastic words, eh? What we choose to focus on will determine our reality, what we rehearse in our thoughts. And if these are the things that we're focusing on, these are the things which will begin to influence our reality. If we want to change what's on the outside, it needs to start on the inside. Lastly, renovation leads to restoration. And the picture on the screen there is actually a house which Jesmond is in the process of renovating. Maybe he's not doing the work himself. He's maybe got guys employed to do that. And it made me think as I was looking at some of Jesmond's photographs uh, on social media about how renovation works and what its purpose is. You don't start life with having all these negative and messed up thoughts about yourself. They were sown into your soul at some point over time, maybe through testing times, through trials, but often by people that we trust. And I just think about this old house. It started off life with meaning, it started off life with purpose, it was built for a purpose, it was useful, somebody lived in it, it had a function. But something happened along the way, and this house fell into disrepair. It's pretty messed up. And when somebody comes along with vision and resources and begins to renovate that house, it's renovated for a reason. It's renovated not just to make it look good, but it's renovated to be restored to its original purpose. When we talk about being transformed through the renewing of our mind, changing the way that we think, it's not so that we can look good as Christians and go, ah, look at me. I've got my temptation badge this week. I resisted temptation again. Or I've been a good citizen badge. And we get, I used to be in the boys' brigade and you got all these badges. I love getting badges, it was great. I even got stripes, it was fantastic. I loved it. But what's the purpose of us being restored? So that we can function as God intended us to. When Jasmine's finished with this house, it will be restored to somewhere that somebody can live in, that somebody can raise a family and that somebody can have all these wonderful experiences in. When we're renovated by God, it's for a purpose. It's to lead to the restoration of who we are as people for His glory, for His purposes. You know, we quote that verse in Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, I know the plans that I have for you. You know that verse, you know it well. But God can have all the plans and purposes that he wants. God can renovate your life and restore you to purpose. And he can be the one that makes that vision become a reality in your life. But it can only happen if we lend ourselves to God, if we lean into his purpose for us. I'm almost finished. One last verse. And it's in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. In the Amplified version, it says this, for we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. You are his masterpiece. And we're all, let's face it, a work in progress. I know that I am, but we're his masterwork, his work of art, created in Christ Jesus. It's that work that he does of creating that life within us, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used. Ready to be used. I love that. It's for a reason. It's not just so that we can look good and boast and be proud about ourselves. It's so that we're ready to be used For good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Will you allow him to renovate your life? Will you allow him access to your life? And there's a sense in which the principles that we've talked about today are simple, but putting them into practice every day can be another story and that's where the challenge comes and putting them into practice daily de- de- requires determination what we regard to be true believe about ourselves can become our rule for living what's revealed by the holy spirit gets us rooted in god and what we rehearse in our thoughts gets rooted in our reality last thing that we thought about was that renovation leads to restoration God has a plan for each of us. It's not to stay the way we were, but it's to be transformed through the renewing of who we are on the inside, day by day by day, situation by situation by situation, bringing it to God, taking every thought captive, and saying, this is how I feel, but I'm presenting this to you. This is the thought that I'm presenting to you, all the mixed up stuff that goes on in our lives. And even if we can grasp one or two things from today and put it into practice, we'll be a different person next week than we were today. But we need to endeavor to be consistent in these things, asking God to come and help us. It was a, one of the, those revelation moments for me was when I realized that I can't do it in my own strength, but realizing that God can do it through me and in me. You know, people go to the doctor and you've probably done it as well, and the doctor's giving you advice, and you come back out the doctors, and you totally forget about all the things that you said because you don't put any practice in your life. Have you ever done that? When you go to the doctor and he says, you need to get more exercise, you need to lose a few pounds, you know? And you come back out the doctor's and you go, aye, good advice, doctor, and what do you do? Straight down to Greg's, <laughs> in the car, We need to want to get better enough to put into practice the thing that the doctor advises us to do. We need to want to get better enough to put it into practice. And it's the same with our spiritual Christian lives. We need to want to get better enough to put into practice the things which Jesus has said for us to do day by day by day, sometimes moment by moment by moment, In those times in life when things are happening that we can't control, it's moment by moment you're saying, God, I need your help with this. But we need to want to get better in order to experience the things that God has for us. So many Christians today are living like Jacob with a limp. So many Christians are living with a limp because of things that they have allowed to keep into their hearts and spirits, things which they have allowed to become a stronghold in their lives, don't let it be you. Don't let it be you. Don't live with a limp. Don't accept the lies that the devil wants to sow over your life. Don't accept the things that have been said over you that put a lid on your life. Let today be the day where God comes and takes off the lid and gives you that revelation of who he is in your life, that you become the person that he has created you to be. Do you believe God can do it? I believe God can do it. I believe with all my heart. No more Mr. Average. Let's be the person that God calls us to be. Let's rise up to be the church that he calls us to be, despite the circumstances that we're in. You know, Let's have everybody signing up for church. Let's put on a second service, which won't be televised, by the way. We won't do one. Let's be here, and let's pray into the time where we're able to sing and praise and worship God and do all the things that we love to do in His presence because He's, He's our Father. We're His children. He rejoices over you with singing. He sees the potential in you. He sees all that you can become. And his heart is for you. He's your cheerleader. He's the one who's at the side saying, come on, you can do it. You can do it. And as, you go, as we go out into this week, I believe he can do it. He can do it in your life. He can do it in my life. And he's the one who can set us free from all these things that become strongholds in our lives. Let's just pray as we finish off our time together today. Father, we thank you. We thank you that Jesus has come to give us life in all its fullness. And Father, I just pray over those today who are gathered, or maybe those who watch this online later on after this moment has finished. Lord, We pray that you would come and that you would move upon those who have strongholds in their life, who have wrong ways of thinking, who have wrong ideas about themselves. And Father, we pray that you would come in this moment and that you would begin to set people free. Father, it is for freedom that Jesus came to set us free. Your desire is not for us to be bound up by thoughts, by habits, by old attitudes, by our past, but Father, you have come to set us free. And Jesus has come to set us free. It is for freedom that he has come to set us free. And Father, we pray that this day we will walk into that freedom. Lord, I pray today that you'd begin to take the lid off of people's lives, Father, that you'd cause them to see that you'd reveal to them the lies which the enemy has spoken and that they would be able to, to bring those things before you, to take every thought captive and make it subject to Christ and that, that you would come into our lives and that you'd set us free, Father take the lid off our understanding. Lord, help us to stop believing the lies that the enemy has sowed into our lives over years and years and years. We pray that you would come and that you would do a work of deliverance in our lives, Father, that you would set us free. Lord, may there be nothing for the enemy to hide behind, to influence us by, we ask in Jesus' precious name. And maybe today, Maybe today you've never made a decision to allow Jesus into your life. The freedom that I'm talking about today can be yours and you can walk in newness of life. He can set you free. He can set you free from the past, from mistakes that you've made, from things that stop you from becoming who God wants you to be. And today is a day of decision. Today is a day where God wants to come and lift the lid off of your life so that you experience him for the first time. And Father, today I pray for those who've never experienced the power of Jesus in their life, who've never experienced the Holy Spirit living in. Lord, I pray that today would be a day where you come in and where you enter into people's lives, maybe for the first time. And if you want to pray that prayer and invite Jesus in, I invite you to pray this prayer after me. And let us know that you've done that. You can go to whitburnpentecostal.com and send us an email through that or get in touch personally if you've got contact details. Let's let's just As we finish off today, pray this prayer. Dear God, I have believed things about myself for many years. And today, I confess them to you. I ask that you would come and that you would take the lid off of my life. I ask that you would come into my life, that you would make me clean, that you would make me the person that you want me to be that I would walk into the future knowing you, knowing that you live inside me. Help me come into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've prayed that prayer today, let me know. Let me know. If you're online, let me know. Uh, Get in touch with us so that we can be in touch with you. The Lord bless you. Um, I don't know about you, I've enjoyed being in church today, I've I've enjoyed being in his presence, Um, and and I pray that you have a fantastic week, I pray that you have your best week, and that you experience God's presence, and if there are things that you need help with in relation to what we've been talking about today, let us know, we'll come alongside you and pray with you, and help, and get you through whatever it is that you're going through. The Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, and then we'll take a picture, (laughs) thank you, because I would have forgotten, Robert... I hate all this COVID malarkey. I'm fed up with it. You're fed up with COVID. I'm fed up with COVID. Lord bless you. Have a great week. And uh, just enjoy being in his presence.